A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, word went round that he was back. And so many people collected that there was no room left, even in front of the door. He was preaching the word to them when some people came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. But as the crowds made it impossible to get the man to him, they stripped the roof over the place where Jesus was. And when they had made an opening, they lowered the stretcher on which the paralytic lay. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, My child, your sins are forgiven. Now some scribes were sitting there, and they thought to themselves, How can this man talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God? Jesus, inwardly aware that this was what they were thinking, said to them, Why do you have these thoughts in your hearts? Which of these is easier? To say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up, pick up your stretcher and walk? but to prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I order you, get up, pick up your stretcher and go off home. And the man got up, picked up his stretcher at once and walked out in front of everyone so that they were all astounded and praise God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. gospel passage we have just heard from the second chapter of St. Mark's gospel is very appropriate for our pilgrimage here in honor of Our Lady of Lourdes. As we all know, Lourdes is the place where the sick are especially welcomed. It is a place where Our Lady came from heaven and she came at a very difficult time for the church and for France. And her message was one of penance. This is what St. Bernadette cried out at the last apparition. Penance, penance, penance. 
It is also, don't forget, the words that the angel proclaimed at Fatima. Penance. And there are many ways in which we can make penance. We can fast, we can make pilgrimages, we can do vigils, we can forego our own will, we can pray, we can wear hair cloths. But what kind of penance does God want today? And again we go to Fatima. And Our Lady said, the acceptance of the difficulties of each day, that is enough for those who are lukewarm, those who are not particularly religious, just to accept the difficulties of each day. Of course, those who wish to make progress in the spiritual life would need to embrace more serious penances. And what do the difficulties of each day entail? Well, it means that we accept the fact that we need to be employed, so we go to our daily employment, our work. We do that with a positive attitude. We do it to the best of our ability. We don't do it because we have to do it but we do it for love of God. And in this way, it becomes a sacrifice because we're doing what we have to do for love of God. And so whether it be the boredom, the tedium of an office, whether it be the difficulties you face in school, difficult children, difficult colleagues on staff, a difficult principal, we go, do it to the best of our ability. It may be difficulty at home with your husband or your wife. Perhaps there's someone in your family who is an alcoholic or drug addict. You embrace that cross as well to the best of your ability. That is a sacrifice that you're making. Perhaps it's sickness or the difficulties of old age. You embrace that as well. Because through sickness, we are able to grow closer to God. This is one of the reasons Our Lady came to Lourdes. And she asked that the people come in procession. And that they were to bring the sick. And today, Millions flock to Lourdes. Millions of sick people come to Lourdes, no doubt hoping for a cure. A few are cured. But many others receive a more perfect healing, that is, a spiritual healing, the forgiveness of their sins. And this ties in with today's reading. We are told by St. Mark, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, word went around that he was back 
And our Lord's words were wisdom itself. And the people's hearts were hungry for the word. And they flocked to Capernaum. They flocked to the place where he was. Their hearts were hungry for the word of God. And we're told he taught them many things. So many people had gathered that there was a crowd around the house. And there was no way anybody could get any closer. He was preaching the word to them. And how important is the word of God? The word of God is a lamp for our steps. It is pleasure to the ears. It lodges in our hearts and it opens the portals of heaven. It is through the word of God that we have a glimpse of the glory that is being re re um, prepared for us. The word of God tells us that we have a father in heaven who loves us so much that he was willing to give his son to ransom us from death. The Word of God tells us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And this word he was preaching to them when some people came bringing a paralytic, a man who was paralyzed. It would seem that he was paralyzed not only in his legs, but also in his arms. He was totally helpless. He was carried by four men on a stretcher, which of course indicates his condition. When they arrive, the crowd is so dense, so, so thick, they cannot get through. Because you can imagine how long the stretcher is. How can they weave in between this densely packed crowd? And so they use their initiative. They decide to go on top of the house and to remove part of the roof. I'm sure if you were the owner of the house, you would not be very happy about that. And as they lower the stretcher, and the man appears in front of the Lord, our Lord does what? Well, he looks at the faith of the men carrying the paralytic. He looks at their faith. They must have had faith. They were certain that the Lord Jesus could do something for their friend. If only they could get their friend to the Lord. And so they went and removed the roof. And the Lord sees this. He sees how much faith these people had. And immediately he says to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven you. How do you think the man felt? He's paralyzed still. How do you think his friends felt? He still saw their friend paralyzed. His sins were forgiven him. Big deal. Is it? If we are not impressed with the forgiveness of sins, then it means we have not appreciated the 
seriousness, the gravity of sin. Sin will plunge us into hell for all eternity. Our sins being forgiven means we have been saved from hell. So our Lord forgives the man's sins, not because the man believes, we're not told he believed, but because his friends believed. And that is why our faith is important. Not only is it necessary for our own salvation, because without faith it's impossible to please God, not only is it necessary for our own salvation, it's also necessary for the salvation of others. Other people are saved because we believe and we are faithful. I'll give you an example. St. Paul writing to, in the letter to Corinthians, he says, the on the believing husband will be the salvation of his unbelieving wife. The believing wife will be the salvation of her unbelieving husband. Now, marriage joins two together in one. So, it's a partnership. If one is faithful, if one spouse is faithful, that spouse is able to bring the other to salvation. If both are faithful, you can imagine the heights of heaven they will reach. Now this is solid Catholic theology. So we should not be slack about our faith. We should want to know the faith as perfectly as we are able. Because the better we know it and live it, the more souls we will bring with us to heaven. It's not possible to go to heaven alone we have to bring somebody with us. I should also mention, we don't go to hell alone either. We bring somebody with us. So, our faith is important. Your coming on this pilgrimage means that other people will receive grace. Your believing is the very means by which God is able to bring others to salvation. Why do you think the devil is so eager to break up our faith, to destroy our practices? Because he knows the power of them. So then, the Lord, saying their faith, immediately forgives the sin of the paralyzed man. Now, there are five reasons why sickness is given to us. The first is so that we might increase in grace that we might become better Christians. One of the reasons we are given sickness 
is to make us better Christians. Let's think of an example. How about Job? Wasn't Job a righteous man, a virtuous man, who offered sacrifice in case he sinned unknowingly, who did everything possible to please God, yet what happened to him? He was afflicted by Satan himself, losing his property, losing his family, losing his health. But what happened at the end? Everything he lost was restored, and he himself was given additional years to live, which is another way of saying he was given eternal life. So, likewise, for the martyrs, those who are faithful to God must suffer. St. Paul says that very clearly. Those who cling to Christ will suffer like him. So do not be afraid of suffering, do not be afraid of sickness. It's one of the means God has ordained that we come closer to him. Another way, another reason why suffering is necessary is so that we might become aware of our sins. We might perceive our sins. And we take, for instance, Miriam, or even the paralytic hair. Miriam was another, the sister of Moses. She rebelled against Moses, and the Lord was angry. Her sin was not seen, but immediately the Lord said, she'll become a leper. And then she realized how serious her sin was. And likewise, of course, for this man as well. His sickness was a consequence of sin. That's why the Lord forgave sin first. We have another reason for sin, and that is to keep us humble. An example in scripture. St. Paul complained, a thorn of Satan was given to me, a painful thorn. I prayed to the Lord about it three times. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. So, we have another example. That it's given to us to keep us humble. St. Paul says, to keep me from getting too proud. So another reason, a fourth reason why, sin, why sickness is given us. Why misfortune is handed out to us. Why grief visits us for the greater glory of God. God can send the sickness for his own glory. Think of the man born blind, sitting in the temple. The disciples said, Lord, who sinned that he should be born blind? He or his parents? The Lord said, he was not born blind because of any sin of him, of his own, or of his parents. He was born blind for the glory of God. Would we deprive God glory by refusing to suffer? And lastly, and perhaps this is the most serious, we are sometimes given sickness as a warning and as a preparation for our journey to hell. And we have the case of Herod. 
or of Antiochus, which we read in the book of the Maccabees. They were given sicknesses in preparation for their descent into hell because they refused to repent. So these are five reasons why sickness comes our way. And it also, of course, gives us the means, the, 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 the way in which we can benefit from the, the disabilities that God, in his goodness, sends us. So then, here the Lord said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, we are told there were some scribes, doctors of the law, learned men, sitting there. And they thought to themselves, how can this man talk like that? He is blaspheming. What is the penalty for blasphemy? Death by stoning. So already there's a threat against our Lord's life. Huh? Who can forgive sins but God? Well, they're quite correct. Only God can forgive sin. If Christ forgives sin, then he must be God. If he cannot forgive sin, then he's blaspheming. And so the scribes will say, Aha! You cannot cure the man because that would be visible, we would see it. And so you take refuge, you hide behind something we cannot see, the forgiveness of sins. Because we cannot see whether um, we're in a state of sin or not, it can't be seen. So this is what they're thinking huh? in their minds, in their hearts. And St. Mark tells us, Jesus was inwardly aware that this was what they were thinking. And so he says to them, why do you have these thoughts in your hearts? Who can read the heart of man? We can't even read our own hearts. Or at least not very well. Can we read anybody's heart? No. Who can read hearts? God alone. Only God can read our hearts. Not even the devil can do that. The devil has no idea what we're thinking. Our hearts are the reserve for ourselves and the Holy Spirit. St. Paul again, letter to the, Roman, to the Corinthians. No one knows the depths of a man's heart except the man himself. In the same way, no one knows the depths of God except the Spirit of God. So, the Lord then, in reading their hearts, is saying, I know your hearts. Only God can read the heart. I am God. So he gives two clear proofs that he is God. He then continues, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up, pick up your stretcher and walk. You have two choices. Which is easier, to heal the soul 
or to heal the body? Well, we can't heal the body. We can go to doctors as long as, in fact, think of the woman with the hemorrhage. For 12 years she'd gone to doctors. They had taken all her money and she was not any better for it. So, the more difficult, of course, is to heal the soul. Because an angel can heal the body. Hmm? We can think of examples of that. We have the, the pool of Siloam where the angel went down and the first person in the water was healed. We have prophets who have healed the body and even raised the dead. So that obviously is easier. They didn't do it by their own power, but by God's power. But to heal, but to forgive sin, only God. None of the Old Testament prophets ever forgave sin. Only God. So the Lord said, okay, I'll give you a choice. You decide which is easier, but I'm going to now prove to you that I have done the more difficult. So he says, but to prove to you that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sin, he said to the paralytic, I order you, get up, pick up your stretcher and go off home. And the man got up, picked up his stretcher at once and walked out in front of everyone. Now, if you have been sick, even for fever, you've been in bed for a few days, you try and get out of bed, do you just get up like that? No, you don't. You're weak, your muscles are weak, you're, you're feeling very tired, you're struggling, someone has to help you. This man was paralyzed. His four limbs were paralyzed. Yet, he got up at once. His limbs were all strengthened immediately. He was able to even pick up the bed that he was lying on. And he did that instantly and in front of everybody. And so the Lord has proved not only that he has forgiven sin, but that he is also God. He has demonstrated that he has total, absolute authority over all creation, the visible and the invisible. And we're told they were all astounded and praise God. We have never seen anything like this. So then, our infirmities, our weaknesses, our sicknesses are important. They're important to us because it's one of the ways we draw closer to God. They are important and necessary for others because we're able to bring them to God. Our faith is important because Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, we cannot draw others to God. At Lourdes, Our Lady asked Bernadette 
to do penance. She asked her to tell the priest to build a church. She asked the people to come in procession. She asked for the rosary. And millions have flocked. Many have been healed. There are perhaps between 60 and 70 miracles that are officially recognized as such by the church. There are many thousands of others, but those that have been demonstrated to be miracles by the most rigorous tests number about 60 or 70. Now one miracle is sufficient eh, to show that God is present. But you think of the second miracle where a blind man, he'd had a, a um, he was stonemason and a, 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 he was cut in the stone and a piece went to his eye and he was blinded. So that meant he could no longer work. And he went to the, to the, um, to, to the grotto and as the water was trickling out, he wiped his face with it and instantly his sight returned. When the doctors examined him, they found that his, his um, eyes were still damaged. They said, you cannot see. He says, but I can see. The, the, the scars remained, but he could still see. There was another case of a man whose leg was completely crushed. A vehicle, he was in a vehicle accident and his leg was crushed and just turned to gangrene. The doctors wanted to amputate, he refused. He went to Lourdes. The whole leg was healed. All the crushed bones were restored. Inexplicable outside of divine intervention. And just before I close, two other things. Lourdes is a place of extraordinary graces. Not everybody can make that journey. It's a place of faith where healing occurs. Healing of the soul and the healing of the body, just as we heard of the paralytic. So does that mean that God will only give privileged people that healing? And the answer is no. Christ Jesus came for the salvation of each and every one of us. In the church, he left two sacraments that are important for our healing. The first is, well, baptism is taken for granted because in baptism, we all sins are forgiven and we're made temples of the Holy Spirit, children of God and members of the church and so on. But as we grow, what happens to us? Well, we'll fall and we'll injure ourselves, external injury. Or we might develop some sickness, some disease. Spiritually, what is the equivalent? Well, the external wound it's something that happened to us, can be compared to sin. 
So we've committed a sin, a mortal sin. That is forgiven in the sacrament of confession. We're also given a penance. And the penance is meant to make up for the offense we have committed. How many of us do our penance as diligently as we ought? Oh, we run off the press and that's it. But that's not the intention. And so what remains is a scar, the residue of the sin. This has to be forgiven by the temporal punishments, of which sickness is one. But the other um, injury um, we can suffer is the internal, that of sickness. And that can be compared to the remnants of sin, the scars which we receive as wounds, or it could be the result of mortal sin, of, of venial sins. And this is forgiven, this is healed by the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. When we receive the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, use extreme unction, all of those, the residues of sin are removed. Grace is given, and as the sacrament says, in, in the, as the rite of the sacrament says, the person's sins are forgiven, and if the Lord wills, they will be raised up and restored to full health. Again, you can see this, the, the symbolism as it is connected to the paralytic. So, whilst we thank God for the gift of Lourdes, we should thank Him even more for the gift and the graces contained in the, His Holy Sacraments. Our Lady of Lourdes, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.